I know everything here is irrelevant because it's all, it was just a dream, but this episode, Vanishing Dream? Points, dream. What are you talking about? What, is, what does that mean? Vanishing what? <laughs> is this some sort of show? <laughs> I think you're, 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 you're uh, countering my joke before it even happened, but I... Uh, the, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the, the, the dad at the end of this one, who is, uh, I think his name is Kion or Kione, uh, something like that, mm. I forget his last name, but he's uh, Mr. Wu on Deadwood is what I mostly know him from, but he's a character actor you've seen a lot. His, uh, his conversation with Archer is maybe my favorite unintentional comedy moments across all of Star Trek. <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's pretty good. He's sitting there as if... He takes a phone call sitting there as if he's being painted for a Renaissance painting, and he... he t- <laughs> in the middle of a room. And then mm-hmm. the conversation is just like, Mr. Sato, I have something to tell you. It's like, who, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> he's, he's like, it's me, Captain Archer. Mm. What have you done with my daughter? Is she fine? I have to tell you something about your daughter. Whose daughter? <laughs> something has happened. Sir, please, something has happened. Wait a minute. What is this? <laughs> Where? Who am I talking to? <laughs> it's, Where is? What is this box I'm stuck in? I know it's supposed to be a dream, but at that point, the, the dream has not been revealed. So their conversation doesn't really make a lot of sense because he should be playing it right. as if he's a normal father and not this sort of confused Alzheimer riddled person who Archer is calling and Archer is doing a terrible job of just getting to the points and explaining what the problem is with it. But mm. it's my, it's one of maybe, my favorite unintentional comedy moments. Maybe before she got sucked into the transporter, she had just watched who's on first. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a <laughs> transporter adult brain version of that. It's just a family routine. They love that bit and he's going to do it with, <laughs> Archer, he's going to do it with Hoshi. He's going to do it with everybody. Right before the call came in, uh, Santa was like, watch this. I'm going to totally fuck with him. Hold on. <laughs> Hello? I knew she's dead. Yes. Who's dead? <laughs> Your daughter's dead? My daughter's my, dead. I don't have a daughter. Favorite, Who is this? I think my favorite line is Archer's, Archer finally gets the point across. He's like, Hoshi is dead. He goes, I have to call you back. I have to talk to my yeah. wife. <laughs> That does that does feel like he he was he was fucking with him on purpose and then he was like oh uh, yeah I wasn't expecting that uh. I'll have to call you back I have to talk to my wife about this oh man anyway we're going to be talking about Vanishing Point which is an episode of Star Trek Enterprise uh, but if you guys are interested in the community of this podcast you should join our Discord there'll be a link down below hey. you can join the Discord server and have a conversation about this and all the upcoming episodes. And you get special access if you're a captain. You get special early access to things like the podcasts. Uh, that's it. Let's get into this episode. It's called Vanishing Point. We'll come back after we take a break. Ah, and then we will break it down. I'm sorry, Captain. I don't know what happened. Tucker and Mayweather have been taken hostage. Trip got off a short message, but we haven't heard anything in the last hour. Taken hostage by who? The people down there didn't like you disturbing their ruins. People, there wasn't a bio sign on the planet. The chambers you and Mr. Tucker photographed contained sacred relics. How could you possibly know that? Okay, so Vanishing Point is the 10th episode of the second season. It aired on November 27th, 2002, right before Thanksgiving. Written by Rick Berman and Brandon Braga. Directed by David Strayton. The in-universe date is not exactly known, but it's 2152 in this episode. Following her first experience with the transporter, an eerie series of events makes Hoshi think she's becoming invisible to the rest of the crew. It's Star Trek's Invisible Man, mixed with Remember Me, mixed with Realm of Fear, mixed with a lot of other Star Trek episodes that have happened before this point. Did this one bring anything special to the table? No. No. 
Goodbye, everyone. That's it. It was, yeah. No, it was it was fine. Uh, I liked it more until the end. Yeah. I think um, <laughs> it's a common thing we say about a lot of Enterprise episodes. I yeah. Feel. Like I I knew that it had to be some sort of dream, and it was really bumming me out. So the end is when she exits the dream world. Are you saying that's the yeah. end? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like halfway through it, I'm like, all right, this is this is this is too weird not to be a dream, but it's not as weird as I would have liked. I wish that it had been weirder. Yeah. Um, but like they play it so down the middle that the reveal at it being a dream at the end just feels kind of like a cop out because I'm not very rarely do those things not feel like cop outs, but um. Like it was, it was weird to the point. I'm like, okay, this is a dream. But once she like discovered the plot to blow up the ship, and then you know they pull her out, and the, it seemed like there was like a time travel element involved or something. I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of late in the game to be doing this um, with three minutes left in your episode. But maybe she could quickly uh, tell everybody what's going on. Um, but no, just to have everything that we just watched be a two second transporter disambiguation uh, it's inner lights you've she's fever. lived a lifetime within yeah. a two second uh, period yeah i don't know it just felt like a cop out it felt like they didn't really have much of a plan other than to be and other than well what if she gets stuck in the thing and starts disappearing okay cool how do we get out of that uh dream i guess i don't know would you consider an alternate universe to be a dream sequence or would you say that's separate because i feel like those are your two options she's either in some sort of weird multiverse where things are not exactly what it's supposed to be which they've done before in tng episodes but Mm -hmm. uh it's either that or a dream are your two options i think yeah yeah um is one preferable to you i mean honestly probably alternate universe uh because this isn't this like isn't even really a dream it's like a jacob's ladder scenario kind of um why do you find it so, why do you find Jacob's it unsatisfying i suppose because what i th- i just well what i think well, they're trying I, I to do is say, the, what they're trying to do is that her conquering the the aliens are supposed to represent like her fear of the transporter right so like in this dream sure. world they're supposed to be like the fear that she conquers and at the end she she steps on their like glowing tablet which is a transporter and so she she sort of beats mm-hmm. them i don't think that the i don't think the episode is actually clear enough about that i I don't think it really gets into hoshi is overcoming something by defeating these aliens it's it's kind Mm. of it's either implied or it's just just supposed to be the takeaway from it and that's really my problem with the episode and which ties into what the bigger point that i have is that it feels like every act this episode changes what it's about and it's not really satisfying in any way because it never it's never it starts off as kind of like a weird, oh, what's this is an unsettling mystery. And it's like, what's going to happen? And then it's like, no, it's a dream. And then you hang out with Hoshi for a little bit, but they don't really do anything about the dream sequence. There's no, there's no character work that makes you feel like the inner light is about Picard learning something about his life in the span of a couple seconds. Hoshi doesn't do anything near that. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into she conquers her dreams, conquers her fears, and that's the end of it. And it, it's like it's just kind of unsatisfying to use that last act as just this is what the point of the episode has been when I was much more engrossed in the this is a weird, eerie episode that's going on. And Enterprise does eerie and weird pretty well for all, uh, all the, out of all the Star Treks. And they kind of abandon that to turn it into just um, I'm an invisible person having a dream and that no one can hear me. Yeah, I kind of um, for a while it I thought that it was it was a hypochondriac reaction, which I actually I found a lot more interesting than it actually 
being that she was literally disappearing. Uh, just because I was like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. They never really delved into the transporter and you know what might come along with the experience, especially if it's a new thing. Uh, you know, as, as we, as we, as we, as we approach the bar of, uh, injecting possibly something new and relatively untested into our bodies to stop a virus from spreading mm-hmm. COVID you know, vaccine who knows for, how those, it's gonna for re- those listening two years down the line. Yeah. The oh, COVID. well now the podcast isn't evergreen anymore, Wes. <laughs> and I was talking about heroin. No, um, We'll have to you do know, two different you, versions of this podcast, one where Biden wins and one where Trump wins, and then I'll edit whatever becomes appropriate <laughs> posts. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, I understand the uh, – I, I, I feel that like every time I take a new pill or something where it's, where it's like, Ugh, I don't know if this is doing anything. Is it doing something sinister? I don't know if I – I kind of feel kind of weird. Is that because of the pill that I just took? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something like that. I So I, I, I kind of like that idea that they there is this possibility that something could go wrong with the transporter nothing did go wrong but she's kind of like freaking out about it yep. um although did her mole her to, did her mole really move two centimeters down her face flux doesn't seem i don't know <laughs> but if you if your mole moves you're relatively lucky that that's the worst thing that happened to you when you came out of it it's not that you're like asshole is in the middle of your forehead or something like that at the end of right this, so. right like in uh space balls right. when your head's on the wrong way <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I, I thought that was interesting, but then it started to clearly turn into a dream thing. Cause it was getting kind of weird and it was, it was beyond the realm of, uh, uh believability for reality for the way that they were treating yeah. her and stuff. And so I was like, Oh, okay. I really, but yeah, I, I don't, oh, I, I, I just to say, I, I don't, I don't think that they really pinned it down like you're saying. Cause, uh, uh, they did some of the hypochondriac stuff and then they got into the, She's worried that she's not doing her job thing, mm-hmm. which is the I, I, when they started doing that, I was like, okay. Even when they do something different with her, the only thing that they can do is have her be worried that she's not doing her job right. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, only at the end do they kind of do that thing where uh, Archer's like, well. Uh, if the theme of this episode has told me anything, it's that you have just conquered your fear of transporters by stepping into it in that dream. Um, and anyone who's ever had a dream where they do something that they're afraid of knows that that, does nothing. <laughs> that changes nothing in the real world. Well, that, it won't do anything for Hoshi either because she has to continue on this realm of being terrified of everything, which right. is it's a tough criticism of the Hoshi character because I think that that's a very appropriate characterization for one of the characters to have on the show is to be like very nervous about what's going on because they are a prequel um they just approach it really same i mean bones bones is afraid of the transporter forever transporter and with good reason if you watch the first movie they turn that guy into a brundle fly (laughs) thing in the first 10 minutes of the the picture yeah it's very upsetting for for everybody i mean in here so her being afraid of the transporter i think is a very appropriate uh thing for this to have i guess I, I did have a question before you. Um, so it's built around the transporter. Do you think that this series is helped or hindered by having the transporter in it? Um, Do you think they should have invented based, it yet? Uh, based on the stuff that we've talked about in previous episodes, I think it's a hindrance because it's there and because it clearly works. It works, yeah. <laughs> and Yeah, they, there's a lot of instances where we've been like, they have a transporter, why don't they use the transporter? Um, 
and, and they never do. So having it there seems kind of redundant. Um, they could have put, if they wanted to have it, they could have put uh, some parameters on it where like it, it's not ready to transfer people yet or something. I don't know. They, they kind like they, they kind of say that they're not ready to do that or like the the implication from broken bow onward is that they use it for just moving stuff around and no people mm-hmm. don't generally go into it the one the one time we've seen it screw up is when they beam up people from that planet with the the flowers that's making them paranoid and they beam the guy up and mm-hmm. he's got like rocks stuck in him um oh right yeah so there's one da- that's the one downside to it I think they shouldn't really have it at all. Or if they do have it, I would say that it can only be used to sort of move stuff within the ship almost. Like they haven't perfected the art of beaming people up and down from places. Sure. Um, The problem with it is that it just, it opens up all the plot problems of why don't they just use the transporter to get out of this? Exactly. You you can avoid a lot of that. And I think it would be nice to just have it um, not be there. I almost feel like in Broken Bow, they bring it up just as a kind of, pilot thing to show you where they are technologically and that they never really intended to use it after that it's more just of like look at this thing this thing's crazy we can't i can't believe that we use this magic to transport things but i Mm -hmm. i wouldn't have done it i don't think i would have included it yet but once you get past that point um the transporter here just I, i don't feel like they've almost established it enough to really establish hoshi's fear of it in some ways like I, I kind of understand the point but they don't really deal with the technology all that much except for times when they have to use it and as long as you're a main cast member you seem fine when you use it it's just if you're not listed mm-hmm. in the main credits don't bother using this thing and I, I just think that Hoshi's I, I almost don't like I almost like the episode less is more about the transporter or more, more about the the weird build up that they do because i think the show for all of its really numerous storytelling flaws does do hinting at something is weird pretty well i really enjoy Mm. hoshi just uh when she wants to sit down the first time she says can i sit here and no one responds to her and and Mm. it's just nice and subtle it's like did they either not they obviously uh it's obviously plot important because they don't have scenes like that in tv shows unless it's relevant no one is ever not going to hear a character who has to repeat something but it gives you just a nice did they not really hear her or something going on here that's strange and they do that well and at that point what i think the episode is doing well is moving away from the transporter into something else and to some kind of mystery i just think they don't they don't score with that point because it comes back to the transporter and i don't really care at that point yeah, I don't. I don't think you necessarily have to have have established it more um, for someone to be afraid to use it. Because I, I think they, you know, people who watch Star Trek are aware of the transport. If you just going, if you're going, if you're going to have it on the show, uh, people who watch Star Trek understand what the what the transporter does. So it's it's kind of a shorthand. You don't really need to explain it that much. And having it be so new, totally believable that someone would be afraid of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I I thought that they did the creep factor stuff really well, but I think they just took way too long doing it. Like it was they they're still they were still like drip drip dripping the creepiness factor into like the last 15 minutes of the, the episode. Yeah. And it just it just needed something else. It needed another gear to kick into earlier. It's like uh it's like it's like going to see a band play and then they hit that like breakdown part of the song. And then they just stay there mm-hmm. so long that by the time that they hit the crescendo at the end, you don't even care anymore. Yeah. It's like the, the the moment has passed. 
Um, Would you- and it, it, yeah, it just it was the same thing for too long, and maybe too slowly parsed out. I think. I think it's just that they don't have a. There's nothing about Hoshi at that point. Like there's mm-hmm. no there's no real character. Uh, work that's being tacked on to her being scared about what's going on outside of her being nervous that something has gone wrong with the transporter. Um, And I I also feel that she, because she doesn't have a, because there's no real character work to latch on to, you kind of, you kind of really notice what she's doing in this plot. And you notice like she's making, Mm -hmm. why is she making that decision? And I think she goes too long with accepting the weirdness that's happening and, and like not really mm. bringing it up and like uh, she doesn't try very hard no the, the weird <laughs> like, way she'll bring it up even, is to paul will say something and she'll go why do you know that and then someone will say red alert and she goes back to her desk or whatever there's no mm. there's no moment of going like what the fuck well, like what's going on here why is no one paying attention to me or what, what's happening yeah uh and once she finally does disappear she she kind of like uh resigns herself to it pretty quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, she doesn't. She doesn't start like screaming at anybody. She's just casually like, hmm, "Yeah, well, you can't hear me, so why should I even bother? I'll just. I'm just going to stand here." Right. And in a character episode, you'd have a. I want to say this is um, a Christmas story or something, but I don't think that's the right reference. Where even, you know, when when she's alone with someone who is like upset about her being gone, like Trip is like, I should have beamed up first. He doesn't he doesn't really say anything about their relationship. You know, he's just kind of mm. like, I'm the commanding officer. I should have I should have gone second to make sure she, she, that she got there. You you're almost hoping for an episode where she goes into like invisible man esque, like gets to see the private lives of people or something. Mm. And, you know, that would be interesting. But she's just really just standing in the background as people are trying to rescue her. And including it's that scene where she sticks her hand in the plasma coil in Archer's room or whatever to make the SOS come, it's such a it's 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 such a buildup, but it doesn't even solve the problem. Like she doesn't, Archer's right. just like that's a weird thing. I'll just I'll go on and him and Tafal leave the room. It was really strange that that didn't clue Archer in to what was going on. Although mm. at that point it's a dream sequence, so it can't. But. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I feel like that's the point where you have to make the decision whether or not it's going to be a dream. And uh, if it's not a dream, that's the point where he notices it and they start to do something. But if it's going to be like if it's going to be a dream, I feel like I don't know why even do that. Why have sequence, him notice it? It's, it's a good attempt. At, yeah. It's a good attempt, but don't have him notice it. Yeah. Because yeah. the thing that I did like about it, but again, I don't think that they went far enough with it, is, you know, she's ha- it's it's her weird transporter fever dream she's having. And so everybody is is reacting to her very negatively in, in different ways for the most part. Um, Like even that scene where Trip breaks down in the, in the tube or wherever the hell yeah. it is. Um, he ultimately, he ultimately says that it's her fault to some extent <laughs> that, you know, like it, uh, it's, he doesn't come out and say it like, it, like, uh, aggressively, but the way he says everything, he's upset, but he's also like, I shouldn't have let you do what you wanted to do. This was your call, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think, I think it would be served less from, uh, from a, oh, she gets to, observe people in their private moments kind of thing than it would be to lean into that stuff more and have them be even more dis uh, uh, um um 
more dismissive of her as it goes on mm-hmm. to have her learn something about herself because her whole whole thing is that she is uh you know she's she's got um self-confidence issues in certain areas so if you're going to get weird with it get weird with it and have it benefit her somehow yeah. instead of instead of just sort of this weird middle ground where they're kind of saying shitty things to and about her and she's just kind of sitting there taking it yeah yeah i mean the self-confidence issue would be developed through the crew is constantly telling her that she's nothing's wrong with her right and so they kind of mm-hmm. do that but that's not really the points of hoshi's reaction to it but hoshi's self-confidence well nothing they they're telling her nothing's wrong with her but also she's not doing her job very well right <laughs> Like that other guy, Baird, Ensign Chet over yep. there, uh, yeah, who is the most the most original series uh, stunt player red shirt looking guy I've seen on the entire <laughs> show. Like they, he's got that same build and the same like tight, slightly long crew cut that they all had yeah. on that show, yeah. and he moves the same way where he like crosses the bridge and he's kind of got that like hunked over uh, stunt man kind of move. I guess he's a uh, he's a reference to. Stuart Baird, who directed Nemesis, which was coming out at this time. Oh, so sure. It's a, it's a name reference to him. Um, yeah, I, I think that Hoshi... I think that Hoshi not not being the, like the central thread that goes through this about her, I, I just don't feel that Hoshi learns anything. Um, interestingly... Right. I don't think anything interestingly happens that causes her to learn something here. And I think it's a, it's a common flaw with enterprise episodes is that I, the, the takeaway that I have to enterprise this point is that I just feel that they're burnt out and they're happy to, Mm. they're happy to get an idea, but they're so tired of the franchise at this point that they're like, I don't really want to investigate what this means. Like just just do the thing and just get it over. And yeah, Enterprise episodes are all missing that second gear or that second step, which is like, okay, here's what's interesting about this setup, or this is what is going to, uh, this is going to be the, this is what the real story is beneath this. And mm. in Vanishing Point, there's no real story underneath it. Like be, the the twist that it's a dream is supposed to be the final saving grace. Like they just threw a, a line out at that point to hope that they hit something. And mm. it's too it's too bad and it reflects itself in everywhere like between the character interactions and no one really has anything to say about Hoshi. Hoshi doesn't have anything to do about being deemed incompetent at her job in a way like she, she doesn't have a self-reflection on, on Baird's they're like yeah Baird realized it was they're speaking French. It's crazy but they're speaking French and it's like she's she doesn't question like how did I miss that? Like what the hell is going on around here? She's just kind of surprised that this guy took her job and not surprised about the the depth of her failure. Uh, you know, and I just don't think that they right. hit the points right. Yeah, she doesn't learn anything, but she al- and she also doesn't come out changed in any way. Like uh, at the the end of the episode is she shows back up. She has achieved ultimately nothing because everything that just happened wasn't mm-hmm. real. And then even when Archer was like, "Well, you know, you did take a big step and get on that transporter yourself, so it seems like you've conquered your fear." She's like, "No. No, I'm not using this thing ever again. I want to just only use exclusively use the shuttle. No transporter ever again for me. Thank you very much." And it's like, "Okay, well then what the hell what are we what are we doing here?" So you guys? don't think the transporter her transporting at the end is effective enough to show how far she's come? Is that fair to say? You just don't think it's an effective enough? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. If especially if you undercut it like that at the end, yeah. like I, you know, I think you fall into this weird trap 
when you're do because this is not really a serialized show. It is to some extent, but not really. Uh, this is a more episodic show, and just because a show's episodic doesn't mean you can't change your characters within an episode. Like there's plenty of shit that's happened to the guys in on uh, in TNG that at the end of the episode they seem to be changed in some way, but then it just never comes up again. But they do take the step to have their have their minds change or have their actions change by what's happened in the story. Um, whereas this one, it's like they set everything back to one with no change emotionally at all on anybody's part like it's not even i get the only thing they get out of it is that reed sent some recommendations for transporter safety back to starfleet (laughs) which isn't doesn't really get you anywhere because it wasn't a problem that they that they they solved to begin with it's just like a set of record you know it's 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 a fairly uh fairly toothless story if they had if they had if I was in the writer's room when they pitched this and they got to the end and they brought up this like, oh, she comes back and it's back, she's the transporter, I would have been like, why don't we just lean into that? Like, why don't we do the, it's a dream, because especially in, even in 2002, it was all a dream is not a satisfying way to end a story. Yeah. Uh, unless you do something really novel with it, and they do, which they don't. So if they had done the, the it's a dream, quote unquote, thing at like the halfway point, and brought her out of the t- uh, out of the transporter stream at the halfway point, and then let the rest of the story be about whether or not she has now been like drawn back in time mm-hmm. or something, where she's like seeing things. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, whether or not whether or not that's real, or whether or not it's hung. I, I guess it's a different episode at that point. But I don't know. It's just it, it was all a dream. Is is not a super super satisfying way to end really anything. No, it's it's not unless the the journey is good, like Especially that explicitly. Right. Yeah. Like if they had been a little bit more vague about what exactly happened and what she perceived and as being real and what yep. wasn't and all that kind of stuff. That could have been interesting, but just Surprised it didn't end literally having it be a It didn't dream. end with her looking at the mirror still not sure about the mole whether or not it's in the right sure. place. Yeah. 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 yeah, why not? Like they, there's no there's no level of uncertainty. Uh, it's the, Sim- the Simpsons episode where Homer's like close enough when they have the lizard tongues or whatever. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that would have been a great way to end it if you know you kind of have her brush it off and then she goes into the room. Yeah, you know, she looks at the mirror and she starts like looking at yeah. the wall. That would have been a great way to end it. I mean, because that that way you feel like that there's some sort of the stuff that just happened mattered somehow, right. even if yeah. it's not explicitly. Right. Well, the, the impact there is that the lesson learned carries if it's a le- lesson learned or whatever it carries over because while you're talking about like it's tough to say it's all a dream uh episodes like the visitor on ds9 where cisco gets trapped in time and jake spends his whole life looking for him is essentially a dream sequence because it doesn't happen at all <laughs> and i didn't like that one either <laughs> that's not fair it's fine it's good the 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 difference there is that there's a lasting impact on the character after the dream after the dream ends they come out of it and they go oh okay like jake has a whole new appreciation uh, jake and ben have a whole new appreciation for their relationship and Mm -hmm. hoshi getting out of this walking away saying yeah i just don't want to use the transporter ever again is not there's not enough of a character impact at the end there to really be like oh okay like that makes sense for her where the the weirdness of her not ever being sure that she's in her reality anymore is a much more lasting, strange thing to walk away from. Even if they don't bring it up again, you end the episode going like, right. well, she's always going to have that in the back of her mind whenever something weird happens. 
Yeah, which would which would be really cool, and it would be a nice addition to things going on. Like, I, I think that's, I think that's sort of an underlying problem for this series so far is that things, for a for a story about the first uh, first trek into space, um, everything is fairly normal. Like, there's not a lot of weirdness going on people really aren't that affected by the stuff that's going that's happening and so it would have been yeah it would be nice to give these characters some some edge to yeah. them um and show this affecting anyone uh another episode where they managed to get mayweather off the board by having him be kidnapped by <laughs> fake aliens <laughs> and then he never shows up again for the rest of the show oh is he not there towards the end yeah i, I, I don't, don't think even, so you don't even notice it at a certain point like when she goes, when she goes to the gym and the gym. Uh, and Trip is using that, <laughs> using that weird like gyroscope thing, uh, and she's like, "Wow, how how are you doing?" I wish he was like, "I'm fine. I caught back really easily." Mayweather, oh shit, oh shit, we left Mayweather down with the yeah. aliens. You know, he just disappears. It's I, I mentioned "Remember Me" on the TNG episode, but that's. Uh, I don't think you watched that one. You might not remember, but Beverly Crusher is in this uh, universe. She's Beverly Crusher is the focus of the episode. And as she's going through the episode, she'd go in and be like, she would come into Picard's ready room and be like, oh, uh, Commander Riker told me yesterday that I need to do this. And Picard would go, who's Commander Riker? And the episode revolves around people just disappearing from her universe and everyone acting as if this Mm. has never happened. Like she's in a whole new setup where these people never existed. And the ship eventually starts getting smaller and rooms start disappearing from it and things like that. Uh, They don't do anything here with that. Like the, there's almost too, the episode's almost too grounded in Hoshi's Mm. point of view where the dream sequence is not surreal and not strange and not an escalating weirdness where you kind of start off with people not hearing her turning into things like the one jump that I thought was kind of strange was when um, she has that jump in time where she sleeps and misses her alarm clock. And then uh, Arch is just Mm -hmm. like, people have been kidnapped. Everything's gone to haywire, but it's still, it's almost, it's more like she slept in and missed the important things. than the universe has changed around her. And it's just kind of annoying. Well, that's that's the problem is this is this is kind of a a symptom of the same problem we've been saying about their mystery episodes where this entire episode is about revealing the mystery you know it's it's about you could argue it's about her getting over her fear of the transport or whatever but that, obviously that's not a strong enough yeah. thread but the way that they 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 parse the story out and the way that they do things is they're drawing out the mystery of what's going on as long as possible until they resolve it in the last five minutes, like they do every other time. Yeah. Um, whereas if they had been weirder with it and, and, and uh, done some more interesting stuff with it, then you can start to make it about your character a little bit more. So when you get to the point where you reveal, Oh, it was all this weird transporter dream. That doesn't matter as much as what the character has gone through yeah. up to that point and how it's changed them. Because like you know, I I would well, you said they were uh, they were shooting Nemesis at the time. If I, another thing I would have pitched would have been like, hey, if this is going to be a dream, what if we do a scene where she's are they they're next door? What if we do a scene where she goes to the bridge and it's the bridge of the Enterprise yeah. E? <laughs> like let's shoot let's shoot a scene in the Enterprise E and just have everybody react as though it's, everything's normal, but they're on a different ship. Yeah. you know something like that, or they go to the gym and it's like literally the gold they shoot at the gold gym down the street <laughs> something just you know something weirder yeah. something where they're like kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit so you're 
you're less wondering is this a dream and more and you're wondering what's going on with her right yeah i i think that by this point in the series you're this kind of setup is pretty constrained with what you can do uh like the 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 resolution is kind of written in stone for this stuff like you're mm-hmm. It's like you said at the start, it's either an alternate universe or you're in a dream state and not, none of this really matters. The alternate universe slightly matters more than a real dream state, but not by much, I don't think. And I, I, I think that, would, would you have preferred if the episode had just stuck to the weirdness of the mystery or do you think that it's better if it's a Hoshi story as opposed to Hoshi just being the central character who's undergoing everything? Would you rather have mm-hmm. like a character-based narrative around it, or would you rather just have a kind of mystery point that's going around it? Because I think the I th- weakness well, is they abandon the mystery. I don't know if they do. I I don't I don't know if I would necessarily call that a weakness in this case because the mystery is fairly bland at this point, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's why they abandon it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I would have I would have liked to have seen more. If you're gonna do this stuff, have a have a reason to mm-hmm. it. Uh, what are you trying to do with your character that you're putting them through this situation? Like the episode of uh, Deep Space Nine where Bashir gets caught in that like the version of Deep Space Nine where all the lights are turned off, oh, and there's sure. tennis balls, yeah. and all the overhead bins. <laughs> you know what? What's the purpose of doing this with this character other than other than it just being right. weird? Yeah, I. I guess my take is I because if it's if it's just for weirdness's sake, you got to have a different explanation than oh it was it was a yeah. I, I think if it's just for weirdness's sake, you really like the weirdness has to be like oh well, the, the clever reason to have some weirdness going on there like that's something kind of original. Mm, but right. I think that they yeah. don't they don't have any capacity to do that with the story. So you have to you have to stick the Hoshi stuff in at the end. And I don't know. I, I don't mind Hoshi. It's just it's a really repetitive seeming storyline. Uh, or really mm. repetitive character trait, and well, I don't even think that's really too much of a problem. I don't think she's ever walked away from an episode really improved in any sense. Um, but I'm not sure. I guess we're done talking about vanishing points. We will. Uh, oh, before we go, do you want to explain what vanishing point means, Clay? You'd be you'd be the the first one. Oh, in an art yeah. term, uh, vanishing point is when you're doing a uh, perspective drawing. It's where, like, if you're looking, if you're looking at a set of railroad tracks, they look like they're getting closer together as they get farther mm-hmm. away, and the point that they meet on the horizon line is the vanishing yep. point. It's also a great car movie from the 1970s about a guy uh, driving cross country in a white Dodge Challenger <laughs> hopped up on speed, <laughs> which I highly recommend. We'll leave it to the listeners to decide which one this episode is referring to. Let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode. We'll come back, read some patron thoughts, and give our final thoughts about Vanishing Point. See? I told you. Piece of cake. Where are they? We've got to stop them. Who? You heard me? You, you can hear me. Do you see me? Everything's fine, Hoshi. It's not fine. They put a bomb on the warp reactor. Who? The aliens from the surface. There's no one on the surface. It's uninhabited. What are you talking about? They kidnapped you and Travis. We've got to stop them. Hoshi, the transporter was affected by the storms. I had some trouble reintegrating your matter stream. Trouble? You were sort of trapped in the pattern buffer, but only for a few seconds. 8.3 seconds, to be precise. All right, so that's it for Vanishing Point. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. 
If uh, you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash the Penske file and give your thoughts about upcoming episodes there. If you're a patron, also you can give a couple dollars a month and you get extra stuff like extra podcasts, extra content behind the scenes as the commentary videos and everything like that. Uh, that's it. And always the captain tier supporters get a special thank you. Special thank you goes to Christian Pouch, Tark Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Sean, Carnal Doomsday, Joint Mango, Matt Cutler, Ben Douglas, Neil Brennan, Wet Ass Pineapple, Samuel Custer, Nick Sergi, Bradley Killens, Matt Ross, Rune Vendler, Nathan Elliott, er, Nathan Elliott, Eric Johnson, Andrew Cherlog, Grim Santo, Point Extra G, Dwayne Hackett, Paul Orozco, Jordan Cooper, Derek Zajac, Kevin Reyes, Vault 13 Hero, Stephen Minn, Nick the Rat, Darth Mosk, HH28, Medcurry6, Jig123, Jiggy's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Larry, Eric's Antoine, Corey Martin, William Scheisler, Timothy Cooley, and Zane Majors. Thank you very much for supporting the show. We'll go to some patron thoughts about Vanishing Point. The one thing that I did want to mention that I forgot sure. is I was kind of bummed that they I was expecting something involving that tall guy on the on the hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be some sort of like chariots of the gods type situation <laughs> that was going to develop, but uh, but they didn't do anything with that. The tall guy, yeah. There's uh, if you expect like a Slender Man episode to come in or something like that, it's like he's or like the uh, one of the engineers from Prometheus or something. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Ross says, "Vanishing point." Basically, it's Jake's, Jacob's ladder being all in Hoshi's mind, but she's not dead or on LSD. For a while, it had me going as to her disappearing and that the new tech is buggy, although we saw similar stories in the TNG episodes, the next phase or realm of fear with transporter errors. It's interesting in that you never know as a viewer what transporter effect is actually felt by the passengers. Why does Hoshi think her father is an idiot or that trip is hitting on her in the gym? Besides claustrophobia, lack of confidence, xenophobia, and her being flustered, this is another thing she's afraid of that can easily be cured by Valium or a ball-peen hammer. Two to almost three out of five. The other thing I was thinking, too, was uh, once they explain what's going on um, at the end, my first thought was, man, what the hell happened to Scotty, do you think, while he was stuck in the transporter for like 70 years? (laughs) Did... Did he have? Did he have? Did he have like an inner light situation where he lived like fourteen thousand different lifetimes? And in because they said all of that happened in like the last two or three seconds she was yep, stuck or yep. whatever. He yeah. should um the the behind the the deleted scenes from relics are just like every time he someone walks away after a normal interaction with him he turns around and does something like absolutely insane <laughs> like it's just he's clearly lost <laughs> his mind but can hold it together when he's talking to people. Vault 13 Hero says, A Hoshi episode automatically starts with a minimum rating of a three just because of that. Physics questions aside, why when someone goes out of phase do they never pass through the floor and into space? I like the story and Linda Park is awesome. Four transporter malfunctions out of five. Yeah, I was thinking that too. They're being very uh, narratively selective with what she could and couldn't phase her way through because she gets stuck in the gym and I'm like, just walk through the door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> does she know she can put her hand through things at that point i don't remember well yeah she was she was trying to pick up, oh, the, pick weight, up the weights and her yeah, hand yeah. was going through the weight no it's um it's worse than the next phase episode where this exact thing happens to jordy and he goes invisible and can walk through things but that's in reality and it's weird that he can just, he walks around on the ship and doesn't fall through the bottom of the ship but he can just walk through walls um here i guess it's the dream sequence you can get away by just saying mm-hmm. like none of this is actually sure. real uh, not that it makes it any real, really better of an explanation, but Woodrow says this being an early Trek episode, they could have easily said, we believe something happened to you, but whatever it is was beyond our understanding. Instead, we got a benign. Wow. What a messed up transporter dream as if dreaming with a disassembled body is normal. They chose irrelevance over intrigue and mystery. It is a typical failing of enterprise on a positive note. The actors are really coming into their own, especially Hoshi two out of five. 
I another thing I was thinking, uh, maybe this is Discovery's influence on me, but I was thinking like you know it would have been cool if they had sort of tried to develop what she was doing or where she was as this idea of like yeah you're being transported. Uh, your molecules are getting broken down, but this space in between, can that be developed into its own own kind of like universe or existence, kind of like the the tardigrade yeah. area, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, that would have been kind of cool where if it's like she, even if it was like it, shit gets really weird, she finds out that she's in this weird uh, limbo area between reality and then ultimately, like, forgets it once she gets, you know, uh, reconstituted mm. on the other yep. end. I don't know. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Lasting effects of the uh, the transporter insanity or whatever. Thomas Donnell says, One of the great car exploitation movies with the iconic white challengers and fancy, fancy driving. Nope, nope. It's based more on an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge in some sense, and I do like the trope. Maybe it means Hoshi really did die in the beam. Maybe they all do. I like Philosophical Trek, but this one kind of reminded me of the weirdness of Realm of Fear, definitely a callback, where you actually experience things during transport. I remember being baffled by that one for days when I was a kid. Three out of five. So is he is he is he theorizing that it's actually like a reverse Jacob's Ladder scenario? So it's like everything is real up until she gets onto the alien transporter and from that point on it's fake? Because that's fine. But yeah. I mean, if you just, if the, if so, the transport is just universe hopping you around eventually and then you, you fall into the right thing. Yeah. So in, 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 in the real timeline, the Enterprise was blown up by these aliens from the, from yeah. the, uh, the rock planet. <laughs> Nick the Rat says, much like the title, this episode point vanished pretty quickly. What are the rules about dematerializing? Hoshi is able to walk through walls, but did not fall through the ship. Her clothes that she wasn't in when transported vanished with her, and she still cast a shadow. How does the captain notice an SOS signal and chop it up to nothing? And the aliens, was that a dream, an alternate dimension, or was it meaningless, just like this episode was, one out of five? I think the phasing stuff is, you're getting a little magic xylophony if you're really zeroing in on the physics of whether or not she's going to pass through the walls yeah, and shit. Yeah. But she, um, I think it's more the problem that the characters never realize stuff like that. The characters, yeah, mm-hmm. if you... If, it's one thing to just have the the characters like voice an opinion about that or something like it, it's 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 a tough one to call. It's, or even if you had it on like a planet, you'd be like, why don't they fall through the planet all the way down? Or something. Yeah, who cares? Latte librarian says this could have been <laughs> this could matter. have been a great Hoshi episode, but they failed to deliver. Shower scene, crop top pajamas, and she doesn't even get to save the day in her dream. It all adds up to nothing. Would have been a lot more interesting if they had done something with the storm in the ancient writing. Two spinning exercise orbs out of five. Wet-Ass Pineapple says, Vanishing Point, I find Hoshi to be an engaging character and this episode does a decent job of continuing her arc, showcasing her biggest fear and her path to overcoming it, although the episode could have used more symbolism and dream logic, even if that might give away the twist. Hoshi goes to Phlox and tells him she's worried about her molecules, and in response, Phlox immediately begins scanning her breasts. Once you take every mention of molecules as a euphemism, this is a brilliantly funny episode. And would you really want the tiny green residue of a loved one sent back to you, even if you were Mr. Wu from Deadwood? Three San Francisco cocksuckers out of five. Thank you very much. San Francisco cocksucker. 
Poindexter G says, well, it's nice to see the show focus on some of the other characters. All we really learn is that Hoshi sure is scared of a lot of stuff. And we already know that. It's a decent enough episode, but it suffers from the it never really happened trope. I was going to comment on Archer and his super awkward conversation with Mr. Sato, but I guess it didn't happen, so John gets a pass this week. And I'm amused that Hoshi's brain invented the name Cyrus Ramsey. Yeah, I like that bit. That was... uh... I, don't know. I wish I wish they had done something else with it, or I don't know. But that was that was a nice uh, a nice the, element. The little story added. about that guy. <clears throat> mm. There's no Kaiser Soze moment where she realizes like why that would be the name. Neil Brennan says, "Vanishing right. Point." Vim Vigor Chutzpa uh, Chutzpa is it Chutzpa? How do you pronounce Chutzpa? Chutzpa. That's right. The, I was- <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was wrong. I was just way off. Hutzpah, Brio. All things this episode completely lacks. If you have characters without any depth, then episodes like this just don't work. Although Hoshi taking off her top only after Trip leaves is sort of depth, I guess. Two male gazes out of five. Thank you very much, patrons. A lot of twos out of five for yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go a two. I think I might go a three, actually. On oh, this one. really? What bumps it up for you? Um, Sounded like you were going to I, the whole way. Yeah, I think I I like the weirdness of it. Um, I don't think that they push it far enough, uh, but it still kind of falls. It, it seems like they're 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 playing to their strength, but it's they're also still hampered by their weaknesses. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you What are you going to do? I think I'll give it a two. Um, I think yeah. it's just that. I was really distracted by the fact that it never felt like it was a piece of anything, and it, it, just, yeah. it just felt really choppy. Um, if they had, if they had focused on one story or another without really improving anything, I think that's a three. Like if it's just kind of a weird story, if it's like a minor Hoshi learns something story, I think that everything that happens here is a three. But they, they get really choppy and weird uh, in an ineffective incoherent way i think in this mm. and I, I think that knocks it down to a two for me it's not it's certainly not the worst of the season it's certainly not a bad yeah. two or anything it's just it, i think it's just slightly subpar yeah i think i'm probably with you i think i'm gonna go with a two right. we'll both give it twos um it's just it just it does the same thing the same problem that we've we've had with the other ones where it's it's the story ultimately ends up being about the twist at the yeah. end and you know, that's just not, that just isn't satisfying unless your twist is amazing. Yep. Uh, your twists, twists aren't, are never the, the point of the episode or, or the story. Twists should be uh, reinforcing the yep. point of the episode or the story. Yep. Agreed. All right. So we'll both give it twos. Thank you, patrons, for leaving your thoughts about it. You can leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes on patreon.com slash the Penske file. It's also where you can support us. And otherwise, all the other shows continue. Uh, I'll let Clay fill those in, but I don't think I have anything else to say. Enterprise, uh, not Enterprise. Enterprise will continue as Discovery starts this week. So we have Discovery to do. Uh, we'll be doing Discovery on the Thursday, Friday schedule, whenever that comes out. Caught right in the middle of a fantastic season of Enterprise, and we're just drawing it out as long, long as we th- can and supplementing it <laughs> with our other favorite show, Star Trek Discovery. But I'm, I'm still... My hopes are still high for season three. Of I think I'll start the Discovery podcast with my state of mind, so I won't really say it now, although I think people who have mm-hmm. been listening will know. But I'll, I'll save it for the uh, Discovery intro. That'll be out probably Friday or something, I think, for this first one. Uh, do you want to plug sure. the other shows, Clay? Sure. We have uh, Badass Podcast came out this past last week. Yeah, last week, which was uh, Time Out of Joint and Catwalk, which are about uh, Catwoman 
and the uh, Clock King, two returning baddies. And uh, this week we've got the Autopsy of Jane Doe coming out from Rotten Horror Picture Show, which is our 20th episode and our fourth wild card episode. This is not on our list. It's, it's one that Amanda chose, which is uh, it's a fun it's a fun movie. Um, worth a watch if you haven't seen it. You can find all those at thepenskefile.com. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, we're done with Vanishing Point. Uh, next one is Precious Cargo, I think. Uh, and we're still pushing for our uh, oh yeah, that's right. Patreon goal, too. That's 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 always up there. 800, if we get to that goal level, uh, you get the monthly uh, series coverage of a horror series. So all the Halloweens, yes. all the nightmares, all the blah, 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 blahs. I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to do uh, the Friday the 13th series because none of those movies are on the rotten horror picture show list yep. uh for for good reason i would argue um all the nightmare ones but it the night there's three nightmare movies on the list uh two halloweens uh and from the big big three that's that's the only the only ones that, that shake out that way um sorry did i did i Texas miss your chainsaw has one well, uh i thought you had said that you are looking forward to doing nightmare because none of them are on the list is it, did oh, I, did I say Nightmare? I meant Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. I, maybe I misheard. Friday the 13th. Yeah, sure. Oh. Yeah, there's uh, Friday the 13th is the, is the one major series that none of the movies appear on our list, um, at least as, I, as it stands right now. So, uh, and, it would, and it's, a, it's a fairly zeitgeisty series to, to talk about. Yep. So I think it would be nice to do, uh, do that on Patreon if we get a chance. You can uh, make sure that that happens by supporting us on Patreon. And I guess that's it. We're done with Vanishing Point. We'll be back with Precious Cargo. And then Discovery continues later on this week. So thank you very much for listening. We'll see you later.